I would like to greet the church in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. These things now. I first want to deal with two things. The first thing on the group there, they wrote elder blessing. That is an awkward thing to say. For the first reason, okay, to, to older people's titles, like Elder Leon. You see, there's like Leon or Elder Israel. You know what I'm saying? And now you got Elder Blessing. It's like, ah, now what's going on now? Uh, yeah, so those elder things, uh, not yet, not yet. The, the second thing I want to deal with is the title of, of the... the of the, of the day. We typed the, on, on the Lento, it was written the doctrine of church doctrines. Uh, I, that, that, that title there is, is a bit is wrong. Uh, the title should be the doctrine of the church. Okay, so that can mean two things. It can mean the doctrines that are taught by the church or the doctrine about the church. Okay, I'm talking about the latter one, the second one. So today we'll be, talk, we'll be dealing on the doctrine about the church itself. Okay, is everyone there? Uh, let us open our Bibles in the book of Matthew chapter 16. And we're reading uh, verse 18. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 is the text we want to read today. So when I was still rehearsing there, I told myself I was going to do uh, the Randy Skid style, but the verse is gone. Uh, so I'll read the verse. And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So today's sermon is really simple. We'll open one verse and then I'll sit down. But of course, I have to open one verse and then I have to explain and then I sit down. Is that fine? Uh, so we can open with a word of prayer before we begin. Just want to thank you for this wonderful opportunity you've blessed us with. Help us to understand these things. And may you speak and uh, you be seen ultimately. In your wonderful name we pray and we say amen. I want to touch on three points today. The first point I want to deal with is the idea of the church. The idea of the church. The second point I'll deal with is the church being both um, perfect and imperfect. The dual nature of the church. And then the last point we'll close it is why the church is irrelevant today. Why the church is irrelevant today. As we read the text, Jesus comes from uh, speaking about his divinity. He, he asked the disciples, guys, who does the world say I am? And these guys start quoting prophecies like the typical Adventist. They, they go in there, I mean, you know, you're Jeremiah, some say you're John the Baptist. And he says, okay, okay, I understand the stuff, but who do you say I am? And Peter comes and he stands and says, you are Jesus Christ, the son of of the living God. And Christ says to him, yes, you've answered right, young man, Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades 
will not prevail. I think that's the first point I want us to note. That Christ is saying that the church is built because of his divinity. That the idea, the idea that, that ignites the Christian church, the idea that, that brings the Christian church into existence is the idea of Jesus Christ being divine. Otherwise, it could have been just another church. It could have been just someone where we would be worshipping just a human who walked in the sands of Nazareth. It would have been Mohammed for that matter. But that's not the point. The point is this. Jesus bring across that a church exists because I am divine. So the reason we have church, the reason we have the, a Christian church is because we believe in a God, not a man. That is the first point I want uh, us to, to acknowledge. The second point is this. Christ is saying that the gates of Hades will never prevail. What Christ is bringing across here is the point that the church will never die. It can never die out. The, look, societies, the USSR, those guys, they came with their socialism and they died. They died out. You can talk about any other, the apartheid regime, they came with their ideologies and they died. But the church still exists today. It can never die out because of that one reason. It comes from the mind of God himself. And that's the third point I want to, or the first point, is that the, the, the idea of a church is an idea that belongs to God himself. It is God's idea, it's not man's idea. It is an idea that is built on divinity, and, idea, and because of that, it can't die. It can't. It's God's idea, so it can't die out. It is eternal. It's an eternal idea, both in the past and in the future. That's why there was, that's why there was a church before the fall. The, 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 the congregation, the, in, in, it was a church, the congregation of believers. It will exist even in eternity. Because it is God's idea. It's not man's. It's not, it's not that the disciples said, ah, guys, let's come together and let's worship Jesus. He was powerful, that guy. No, 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 no. It is God's idea. It's God who said, it's Jesus himself who said, I will build my church. It is on me that it is built. It can't die. It belongs to God himself. It's God's idea. It's not man. No, what that tells us, because it is God's idea, the church is perfect. At least, at least the idea of the church. The idea of the church is perfect. You can't re-engineer it. You can't. Because it belongs to God himself. Unless you want to be another God and be, bring your own church. That's fine. Not here. Here, we follow God's idea. It is God who gives us the church. It is God who gives us the idea. We can't do anything with it. We can't re-engineer it. Note, I didn't say improve it. I said re-engineer. You can't re-engineer the idea. Because it belongs to God, it comes from God, it is a perfect idea. Let's get to the second point. Second point is that the church is both perfect and imperfect. As I said, the idea belongs to God himself. It is an idea that, that comes from the very mind of God. The idea has a mission. It has a purpose it needs to fulfill. But God can't fulfill that purpose. Therefore, he uses imperfect men to fulfill a perfect idea. Therefore, the church has a dual nature. It has, it has a nature of being perfect and being imperfect at the same time. 
So God uses men who are imperfect to fulfill his perfect mission, his perfect idea in the church. Now, here's the second, why, why am I saying this? This is, where, this is where the improvement point gets in. Because for us to improve the church, you can never improve God's idea or re-engineer the idea. You can only improve the men. The men that are used to fulfill God's idea. It's the only thing you can improve. And that's why maybe sometimes we feel that the church needs improvement. I don't think so. I think that it's the men who need improvement. It's men who need improvement. They need to be improved by God himself. You can't change the idea of the church. It belongs to God himself. You can change the people. I thought of an example. Uh, so, a car. Let's say a car, for example. The car, uh, the idea of a car is in the engineer's mind, right? So, the idea is there, is in the engineer's mind. So, the idea itself is imperishable, yes? You can't destroy the idea unless there's, I don't know what, you have to kill us all for you to destroy the idea of a car. Even though you can kill BMW, there's still people who exist who will think of it because they've seen a car before. So you can't kill ideas. So cars and the idea of a car will forever exist. So the idea of a car is there. So it's in the mind. But now we have to bring it practical. We have to make the car. So that the idea, we want to drive, we can't drive your idea, we have to drive the car itself. So we have to take that imperishable idea and we, we use material, perishable material, to build the idea into existence. Is that fine? So we use perishable material to build an imperishable idea. That's the same length with the church. The same idea with the church. That God is using perishable men to, to fulfill his perishable mission. That is the mission of the church. So, you must be happy that you are a wheel in the car. Be happy that you are a windscreen in the car. You are just there to move God's idea forward. You are not even the driver. You are just the wheel. <laughs> be there and be happy. Now, the truth is this, that wheels, they die out sometimes. They puncture. So we need to fill them with air. And that's the point. The point that the people who need improvement is, is the, the material itself, not the idea. Now, this is where the point breaks down. This is where the illustration breaks down. Because in my illustration, uh, it is possible to change the engineer's mind, but not in this one. Eh? Yeah, no. You can't change God's mind. It's there. The idea is there. That's the breakdown points of the illustration. Okay, so we must be happy with a windscreen. Be there and be a windscreen. Without a windscreen, wind would be coming in to the eyes of the driver. Christ can't drive the car if you are not there. We need you here. But you must acknowledge that sometimes you break. And when you break, Christ will improve you. You need improvement. I'll get to the third point. Let me quote a statement from Robert Johnston. The article is the origin and the nature of the church. Everybody says... Because the church is a the church is a, the church is a paradox in itself. I'll, I'll read the whole statement. It appears enfeebled and defective, yet God works in it. On the one hand, uh, 
in all ages, on the one hand, the church in all ages has been an arena where countless persons have been saved and transformed, where dedicated men, women, have devoted their lives to unselfish service to God and humanity, and where the highest idols of human history has been enshrined and cherished. On the other hand, the church in each in each age has a scene of obscene and cruelty and viciousness, of selfish, of self-serving power, struggles and corruption, hypocrisy and sentimentalness. Listen to this. The reason for this paradox of for this paradox is of course is that the church is both divine and it has a both as both a divine and a human aspect. Therefore, the performance of the church can be both disappointing and inspiring. Both. Look, if you're thinking of an institution that has the largest amount of blood on its hands, it's the Christian church. These guys have killed people for the past 1,260 years. They were slaying people. They were not joking. They were killing. Now I'm saying, the point I'm bringing across is this. The Nazis, those guys killed a lot of people, but they died out. We don't have Nazis today. Or maybe we do, but they're not killing people anymore. <laughs> we don't have the USSR today. They are gone with their ideologies because their ideology was, killed, was, 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 was against human morality. But the church, which has, it was against, it, 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 these guys have, they, they have the largest criminal record in the world, man. But it still exists today. The point is this. It's because it has a divine and a human nature in it. It is men that need solving, not the church. It's you. You need solving. You know yourself. You need solving. Let's get to the third point and we conclude with this. Why the church has become irrelevant? No, it, maybe for the philosophers you have to define what irrelevant means. But you'll get in what sense I, 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 I define relevance here. Why the church has become re- irrelevant? I came up with an example, but I didn't research on the example. So you'll forgive me. I remember it was two weeks, two weeks or three weeks back. Judas Malema was there with a DA t-shirt. Did anyone see that? He was, he was marching. Oh, guys, wait. Was it, was it Photoshop? <laughs> was it Photoshop? I saw the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It wasn't Photoshop. He was there. He was marching with a DA t-shirt. And he was marching with those guys, the DA guys. And I think they even had a press talk and he was, he was vouching for DA and things, stuff like, yeah, I, we are fighting the same battle with the DA and all that stuff. And he received heavy criticism there. And guys were saying, yeah, man, Malema, uh, you, have, you have abandoned the struggle of the EFF and all of that stuff. And you know what the danger was? And why people were, 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 were criticizing that act? If party A, Let's say it's a social problem. It's a social problem we are solving. We're solving so- the social, the social problem. If party A and party B have the same method of solving solution, uh, the, the, the social solution, then party A 
and party B are both of them irrelevant. I'll, I'll bring the cross, I'll, I'll try that again. So, they say there's party A. Party A says, we will give these people food. These people are hungry. Party B comes as well and says, no, 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 we'll also give them food. So the question, the question is simple to ask. Okay, guys, because you are, you are doing the same thing. You are both giving them food. Why don't you become one party? Get the point? Because the party A loses relevance once it loses its identity. Once it loses its, its, its mission, it loses its relevance. We don't need party A anymore. We can form party C, which is A and B together. We don't need you anymore. That was the danger with the EFF thing, okay? So that's why people were criticizing. That's the point I'm coming across, I'm bringing across. The reason we have lost relevance, as the Christian church, we do not know our identity. We've lost the identity. Now let's narrow it down, let's narrow it down. The reason we have lost relevance as the Seventh-day Adventist church, we have lost our identity. Who are you as the Seventh-day Adventist? What is Adventism? What is it? And can I, uh, just allow me to be a bit strong I'll be a bit strong. Some of us are sitting here. We don't even know the mission statement of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we are busy coming, Sabbath in, Sabbath out. Powerful suits. Become irrelevant. Because we have lost our identity. Become irrelevant as the Adventist church. Become irrelevant because we have members who do not know their identity. Who are you? Who are you as an Adventist? What is Adventism? Thus we have churches that are weak. Churches that are not fulfilling the mission. Churches that have wheels that are not driving. Windscreens that are, that are broken. They do not want to acknowledge that they are broken. It's a call. It's a call to go back to our identity. Who are we as Seventh-day Adventists? Who are you? It's a call to go back. And as we close the service, I want you to hit a point that Lewis, C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christians Brings Across. Sometimes it seems that going forward is progress. It says, if you're going the wrong direction, it's not progress at all. Going back, if you're going the wrong direction, turning back, that is progress. Turning back and going and going to look for where you have lost the mark, that is progress there. If you're going forward in the wrong direction, it's not progress. There's no progress there. We have to go back as the church have to go back as individuals. Go back to the founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Go back to the founders of Christianity and ask them, what is the church? Amen. Then from there, we take the banner and we say, yes, now I understand. I want to run with it forward. And that there is the essence of progress. Running in the right direction. I want to close this session with a word of prayer. I don't believe in people raising their hands or standing up. I believe in a heart commitment. A commitment that says, Lord, I want to go back 
and search my identity in the Adventist church. Search my identity in Christianity as a whole. I need to find myself. I want to pray with someone who says that today in their heart as we close our eyes in a word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for the message you've blessed us with today. Lord, we need to go back and find our identity. We've lost it somewhere. Help us, Lord, to retrace our steps. Go back and thus progress. We need to be relevant. The community needs to feel us. The world needs to know that we are here. Thus, we ask for your power. The power that was there in men like Abraham, like Paul, men like Peter. We ask for it once again. May you bless us, fill us with yourself and change us. In your wonderful name we pray and we say amen.